hosting for Two Blokes Talking Tech. Proudly provided by Web Central. Now, it's time for Two Blokes Talking Tech. There is a lot going on in technology, as always. About technology. Fantastic to get these speeds on a mobile phone, isn't it? The speeds on this thing are amazing. Two blokes talking tech. Very nice, snappy performance. It's a good phone. Yeah, there's a few pros and cons with this. With Trevor Long from yourtechlife.com. Now, my advice to people who like this kind of service is... And Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. I really like this new service. Gives you that flexibility to hear your music anywhere. Two blokes talking tech. Stephen and Trevor always providing the best advice. Lots to talk about on Two Blokes Talking Tech. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech. And thank you for downloading, thank you for listening. This is Two Blokes Talking Tech, episode 163, coming to you from around the world. Uh, my name's Trevor Long, and joining me each and every week, Stephen Fennick from techguide.com.au. G'day, mate. G'day, Trevor. Hello from uh, New York. Uh, it is the international edition of Two Blokes Talking Tech. So, yeah, how are you doing? Where, where are you? Mate, I'm in Stockholm, Sweden, right now. Uh, so, been here for a couple of days. You've, uh, I think we left a very similar time, didn't we? Um, yeah, we did. At the beginning of the yeah. week. The weekend, um, yep. To head over here, so um, yeah, I'm on my one side of the world, you're on the other, and uh, Australia's stuck in between, but uh, we'll get this one out, we've got some uh, big stuff happening this week, uh, especially where you are in terms of technology, and we'll get straight to that here, thanks to the good people at Nitkey, nitkey.com.au. Well, I'm in New York, and Samsung has just unveiled the new Galaxy Tab S. Uh, they had a big uh, launch event at Madison Square Garden. So uh, they don't do anything by halves here, Samsung. This was a huge event, and they've launched the, the Galaxy Tab S. It's available in two sizes, 8.4-inch and 10.1-inch. But the talking point with this product is the word they, they kept using is premium. Everything about this product, the screen resolution, the type of screen, it's super AMOLED. It's only 6.6 millimeters thick. It's very light. It's desi- got a really high-quality design. So they've really poured all their efforts into this device so that it is obviously their hero product. They did a bit of research in the way that people use their tablets, and, and obviously a lot of people like to watch videos, browse the web, uh, and, and the screen is obviously is, is the, one of the most important parts of the product. So therefore, they decided to go go in with the Super AMOLED, the same sort of screen that you find on the Galaxy S5. Mm. Uh, it's got a resolution of 2650 by 1600. It's got PPIs higher than the iPad Air and the iPad Mini. So it is a really sharp screen. Everything looks terrific on the device. So uh, this is a really going to be uh, take the battle right up to the iPad, I think. Well, talk me through it. So Galaxy Tab S, so they're, they're running with the, the S branding on the, on the tablets as well. Um, size-wise, is it a range or just a single one? There's two. There's an 8.4 inch and 10.1 inch, and oh. and they they bear they they they're obviously brothers to the Galaxy S5. They've got the same kind of dimpled back panel. Yep. Uh, they've got fingerprint reader. Home button is identical to the Galaxy S5. Uh, they've got uh, the the Super AMOLED screen, as I mentioned. And they've got other, some other features too that are like the connectivity features here really encourage people to stay within the Samsung ecosystem. I think we spoke similarly about what Apple are trying to do with their ecosystem. But here, uh, if you own a Samsung smart TV or a smartwatch or a Galaxy S5, you're going to want to have to also own the tablet to sort of connect all those products together, share content. There's a really cool feature called SideSync 
3.0. And what that allows you to do is to connect your phone to the tablet. And that basically the tablet, uh, the phone hands off all its abilities to the tablet. It's got a wireless uh, peer-to-peer connection and you can even make and receive calls with that connected Galaxy phone on your tablet. So it's, 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 it's connecting those devices even closer, making it easier for the Samsung customer. I mean, it's, it's like they, they've reacted to Apple or Apple had heads up. Do you know what I mean? Like within weeks, the two companies have announced a very similar feature set with the, with the sharing of features across devices. Um, and we're talking about features that don't exist in the other device. So, you know, using a tablet to make a phone call uh, is yeah. well, insane. Uh, but, but the concept is it, it's not possible using the SIM card or no SIM card in a, in a tablet. So by introducing that with a phone pairing, great. But it's it's amazing how Apple have done the same thing and Samsung have done the same thing within weeks of each other. That's right. Yeah, well, in Apple's case, it's kind of the computer and the phone uh, talking to each other. Uh, In in Samsung's case, it's the Galaxy products talking together. So um, so rather than you having to... uh, if you've got your tablet and your smartphone, so rather than having to juggle both, when they're connected, there's a little virtual version of your phone floating on the screen. Mm. And you can even, within that little virtual version, scroll through the screens of the phone, access apps, make and receive calls. I even sent a text message. So it is like so a second phone. screen for your phone. It's your phone. It so if your phone, phone was in your pocket and you had yep. your tablet out and they were paired together that way, you and you and you sit in the using tablet and you go, oh, um, what was that text message I got from Stephen? I, I, I yeah. bring up the emulator, kind of the the screen, yeah. and actually flick through and read the text that were on the screen. Absolutely, it. So you can do that. You can even the home button, the virtual home button works when you want to go back to your main screen. You go into your messages. You can look through your contacts, make and receive a call. You Stephen, can even I've share stuff. Question. I've got one question, Stephen, <laughs> and I'm hoping they've answered this for you. Why? Well, I think it's it's you you think of people who carry multiple devices. Yeah. Okay, we all do it. I carry for oh, phone, yeah. a tablet. We all do it. Now, if you've got if you're in the Samsung family, you just could you could put your your phone in your back pocket and just be working away on on your tablet. Mm. You might be on a train or whatever, and you can answer your phone if you receive a call, make a call while that device is in your bag or your pocket. I think it's just that level of convenience. That's it's good to know that it's there. It's like like the seatbelt, like the seatbelt in your car. It's good to know it's there. You know, you know when you need it. It's I think there, you might so. be drawing a massively long bow with the seatbelt. <laughs> well, maybe yeah. maybe not. Maybe not be able to save your life like a seatbelt. But it's a feature that uh, if it wasn't there, uh, it, it's it, it's you probably wouldn't miss it greatly. Mm. But. The fact that it is there, I think a lot of people will use it. It's the convenience factor is increased. The the put this way, if you had a Galaxy S five and you know that you're mm. in the market for a tablet, you think, well, I might as well stick with a Samsung because all these features are going to work together. And I think that's to be honest, um, I made the comparison Apple, which is stupid because it's it's nothing to do with Apple. This is about uh, holding and securing the Samsung domination of Android. Uh, if you've got a, a Samsung phone then when you're buying an Android tablet, the sales rep can, can tell you that this is a core feature um, that, that only you can get because you've got this Samsung. And you won't get it because you buy a LG tablet or something. So it, that's, right. that's what it's about. It's about growing their strength in that ecosystem. Uh, and that, Hey, all the better for it because that's the kind of thing that, you know, people are buying multiple, multiple devices. And you do kind of... You know, you, you end up going where where you feel more comfortable, and if you feel comfortable in the Samsung ecosystem, it, it, it 
makes it makes the purchasing yeah. so easy. I think that the Samsung they've they've got their the strategy right where they're going to reward you for staying with them because you got to remember that the, the Apple don't make TVs and washing machines mm. and all those sorts of devices. Apple have got this big family of products that it pays to belong. So it, 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 yeah. if you stay if you stay in there. You can, uh, yeah. That, that all the devices start to literally uh, connect, connected together, talking to each other. Uh, another uh, great feature of SideSync is, you know, I can if you're if I'm on a phone call to you and I, mm. and you're meeting me somewhere, for example, I can uh, split the screen, get the Google Map, and and drag the map to the phone, and it sent you that as a text message. So yeah, little that, features that, like that I, are pretty cool. Honestly, that's that's appealing to me. Uh, I mean, I, I, the, the gimmicky nature of having the phone appear on the screen um, is gimmicky, but it will actually be convenient because of the, you know, you, you know where your text messages are. You know how to get there. So the ability to drag and drop and, um, and move stuff from device to device, perhaps, especially, uh, and maybe I don't know if you've tested this yet, but photos. I mean, can you drag a photo across that same way? Uh, I believe you can, yeah. I, yeah. I have tested it. Have a look on Tech Guide. There's images of my Galaxy S5 connected to the Tab S. Mm-hmm. Uh, you'll see me receiving a call, uh, and, and also you'll see the apps on my screen. So I've sort of had a, I've had a hands-on with the device. I've not only written a report, but I've also got a hands-on review of the, uh, you know, just in terms of the design and yep. how thin and light it is. And uh, you know, it is now a serious competitor to the iPad. I think. Um, uh, Samsung were kind of playing second fiddle, uh, you know, in in the market. They will definitely in number two in tablets. But uh, now I think this is a device that's going to make people think. Well, they're going to have to just the same way they're thinking. Do I buy a Galaxy S five or do I buy an iPhone? Now they're going to be thinking. Do I buy an mm-hmm. iPad or do I buy a Tab S? And and just to be clear here, um, before we move on, um, this is an event, and you say Madison Square Garden. It's no holds barred. They have you know absolutely hit this out of the ballpark. This is so Apple, you know, and this is this is the genius behind what Samsung is doing now. They're they're taking the time, they're putting the effort into an event for a device. Um, you know, only a few years ago, Samsung would have announced multiple things. You know what I mean? So this yeah. is this is big. You know, Samsung are really really trying to put the pressure on here, and and they and let's be clear, they're having a lot of success with that. Absolutely, yeah. Good point. Yeah, that they, they. You're right. They usually sort of announce a crowded range of features, but they've singled this product out, uh, made it a special event for it to be unveiled to the world. Mm. Uh, and yeah, I think uh, a, a lot of people are going to be paying a lot of attention to this product. It's premium features across the board, terrific design, great quality, and pricing is undecided for Australia, but. In the US, uh, the eight the eight point four inch will be roughly about three ninety nine, and ten point one will be uh, four ninety nine. So probably add a hundred bucks to each of those for Australian pricing, perhaps less. Uh, and it's going to be released uh, in early July. Yeah, Apple. It's comparative pricing, really, isn't it? It's uh, yeah, it's ballpark stuff. They um, they are literally going head to head, side by side. Uh, all right, interesting stuff, and uh, all the information, hands on photos and reviews, all the information from. The big event uh, Samsung have had to announce the Galaxy Tab S in New York with Stephen Fennick is at techguide.com.au. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech with Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, mate, I'd love, to, I'd love to say that I went to a similarly lavish event, but um, can I just <laughs> say the town of Husqvarna, uh, Husqvarna in uh, Sweden is basically like travelling to Young in New South Wales. Um, <laughs> it's a very small town. Um 
and you know this is it's quite amazing. I mean, the the town is is built uh, because of the company that was formed three hundred and twenty five years ago. Hus- Husqvarna, I should say. So, so the company's named after the town, or the other way around. They, well, this the is what's there really and... interesting. Um, I believe the the, the town uh, was there first, but you know it was nothing. Then the factory was built. What's great is the the company is now spelt with a Q. The town is spelt with a K, in, as in the husk part. Because apparently it's Swedish law, you can't have a company named the same as a town. Anyway, I digress. Um, I won't go into the chainsawing that went on here because that's really nothing to do with technology. <laughs> <Why not? laughs> well, actually, no, let me let me tell you one thing. Um, you know, Husqvarna make uh, chainsaws, uh, whippersnippers, you know, hedge trimmers, all those kind of things. Mate, they have got, and this is these are normally petrol operated devices, right? They have got battery powered, you know, line trimmers, hedges, and chainsaws, battery powered, and they are performing at the same level, if not better than the petrol models. And this is it's a bit of a fundamental shift because you think about battery technology and how far it's come. And, you know, they talked, the, it, it was hilarious to me being, a, you know, the tech person in the room, the rest of the people, mate, there was people from logging magazines here. So, you know, it was a very <laughs> different bunch for me. Yeah, and, I subscribed to a couple of logging magazines. Yeah, who knew? <laughs> um, I, I, I accidentally took the mickey out of the idea of a logging magazine then realised that half the people there were writing for logging magazines. Whoopsie. Yeah. Anyway, so they're talking about batteries that charge, you know, 80% in, in, in 40 minutes and 100% in an hour, the kind of things we talk about with laptops. Yeah, um, wow. they, they talk about how the batteries have improved, you know, 30% in just a year. So... Um, the idea of your power tools uh, being battery operated is is not an unfamiliar thing and will be will be mainstream very soon. And you think about the advantages of that and think about a city council or even you know city dwellers who you know you can't start a chainsaw or a whippersnipper up at, at ungodly hours of the morning because of the noise. Because when you're using them, even when you're not actually using them, they're idling. They make a lot of noise. Battery, they're just off, and then you press a button, they're on. So uh-huh. there's a huge advantage there. But the two things I want to tell you about with with Husqvarna that, that I saw, and we've we've seen robot vacu- robot uh, lawnmowers before. Um, they are in Sweden. One in five lawnmowers sold is a robot lawnmower. Wow. And here's the amazing thing. I got to the town. Uh, you know, there, there wasn't anyone with us, so it was very we we're kind of free to do our own thing. And I I left the hotel, go for a walk. Two houses down from the hotel. A little front yard, there's a robot bloody lawnmower going around. You, you couldn't have scripted it better. And then during my walks around, mate, I saw five or six of the things. People here just use them. Just like we, we now see robot vacuum cleaners in homes a bit, um, these lawnmowers are everywhere because they can be programmed. They can run overnight. And the idea of a robot lawnmower is not to just go out every two weeks and mow your lawns. It's to continually mow your lawns. You know, uh-huh. it's literally, it, it can run 24-7, essentially goes, it runs, charges, it runs, it charges. And it keeps uh, keeps it regularly trimmed as, instead of going around and cutting it. Um, I don't think robot lawnmowers are going to take off in Australia. It's we have very different conditions. We have di- very different yards. You know, I mean, moving yeah. from the front to the back, those kind of things. It's just it's just very different. The the last the, the the big thing though, I think, and this is a little bit of future gazing here because what they announce is very uh, very corporate. Um, you know. Uh, uh, a landscaping company, for example, that has you know five blokes working for them. They've got you know four chainsaws and, and ten um, whippersnippers in the fleet. Th- these things are now cloud connected, right? You, you, would you have ever thought that we'd be talking about bloody lawnmowers cloud. and chainsaws <laughs> being connected to the cloud, right? So the, they go away, they they do their work through the day. When they come back to the to the to the shed and and you know store all the devices, they then synchronise via a little you know Wi-Fi hub. All the yep. data gets sent to the cloud. 
and the the operator of the company can then look at the usage of the devices you know check idle time versus usage time see who's been you know running them at higher revs and actually compare and help the workers work more safely because they don't have many vibrations and stuff and what they got me thinking about was there's no reason why in five years from now when you buy a lawnmower it won't be wi-fi connected so Absolutely. that you get you get alerts when when you know the petrol's running low you know on a friday you get an alert say don't forget you need petrol for the lawnmower secondly very important it lets you know when the thing needs servicing how many hours it's been running i uh, think i think that, that, that that's a good point that you're making though that the whole like people people kind of they scoff at think oh wi-fi Walmart, what the hell what i need that for but you think about the it's 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 another way of relaying information yeah, you could we can send like rather than you having a look in your tank, and I've been caught how many times you've been caught out. You, yeah. You're going to do the mow exactly. the lawn. There's no petrol in it. Wouldn't it? That that's just another way, just to make it easier for the user to say, right, you're running low. You get a, a notification when it's happening, rather than you finding out too late. Now these are these are great innovations that you know. As I said, people laugh at them, thinking, "Oh, Wi-Fi on on a on a dryer, Wi-Fi on a lawnmower." Oh, washing mower. machine. We talked about the connected washing yeah, machine for Samsung. It's, it's something that's convenient to you, it's, like it's the internet. Everyone's of things. got a device. That's right. right. Absolutely. You know, I, I bought my lawnmower only six months ago when we moved into the new house, and the bloke said to me at the on the day I bought it, "You know, you've got to bring it back for this time and this time and do this and so." Mate, I've forgotten all that. If the thing will just send me a text message and remind me when I need to get it serviced, I'm done. So sign me up, basically. But there's no plan for that. That's just my future future gazing, having seen what the company's working on. So, look, very interesting. As I said, it's not predominantly technology, but there was some really interesting tech stuff going on there. Um, but, you know, I've, I've written it up. There's a few, few yarns over at EFTM.com.au. If you're interested in, uh, in what the company Husqvarna is operating on, uh, you're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. <laughs> And we do it all thanks to the good people at Netgear, netgear.com.au. If you check out their website, you'll see all their great products, including the uh, the, the Nighthawk router. Um, and, Stephen, you and I are both travelling at the moment, the, uh, the the travel trek. The Netgear uh, trek is, uh, yeah, first you, thing I put in the bag. You, you put that in your bag. It's a, it's a small device. If you've got a powered uh, Ethernet in your hotel room, you know, where you normally got to sit at the desk, you're tied to the desk because your laptop needs to plug in there. And even worse, a lot of laptops now don't have an Ethernet port. You plug the Trek into the wall, you plug the Ethernet into the bottom, you turn it on and you've created a Wi-Fi network in your hotel room, which your iPad, your phone and your computer can all share. Uh, it's a simple way to do it. Plus, it, it, when you're at home, it can operate as a Wi-Fi range extender. So really simple products like that are the kind of thing that Netgear are doing to change the way we think about networking. And if you want to check out that product and a lot more, just go to netgear.com. Two Blokes Talking Tech. You're listening to Two Blokes Talking Tech. With Trevor Long and Stephen Fennick. Well, it's been a big week in technology. Like you're in you're in Sweden, I'm in New York, but in Los Angeles is another major tech event happening, and that's the Electronics Entertainment Expo E3 for short. And this is the the biggest computer gaming show in the world, and it's where all the major players we're talking Sony and Microsoft, uh, Nintendo, EA Games, Ubisoft, Activision. This is where they all gather to announce all the major new titles. Uh, This year was no exception, of course. Not a lot on the hardware side. It was more about the games. Uh, Sony did have a couple of uh, hardware announcements, like a PlayStation TV-type device that can help you then play your PlayStation uh, remotely or on other TVs in your home. Microsoft didn't even mention hardware, did they? 
Microsoft, it was all gaming, yeah, and and they've got some pretty interesting titles. I've sort of summarised all the press conferences they have, similar to CES, they have a big press day day before the show starts. Sony, we're all talking about their exclusive, like Uncharted 4, which looks amazing. The trailer is so photorealistic, you think you're watching a movie. Uh, they've got Little Big Planet 3 coming out as well. They've got another interesting game called The Order 1886, which is kind of like a Victorian-era sort of shoot-em-up adventure game. Uh, but Microsoft also have, yet again, another Halo game, Halo 5, <laughs> Guardians, and they're you also got another that. collection. You're a Call of Duty fan that keeps coming bloody well out, doesn't it? Yeah, well, I think uh, Halo's been around for a long time, and so is Call of Duty, and, and they, they Xbox always have sort of exclusive content first from uh, Activision when it comes to Call of Duty, and they had a, they showed the uh, some some in-game footage of uh, Advanced Warfare, starring Kevin Spacey, by mm. the way, so pretty impressive. Ubisoft had uh, another Assassin's Creed game, Unity, that's going to be coming out. Uh, they've also got um, the, uh, the the new Far Cry Part Four which is uh, they show the first five minutes of the game and I've embedded that on the YouTube clip and boy, that is an amazing adventure game. And and all of them, of course, running on PS4, Xbox One, look more realistic than ever. Uh, so terrific. But my favourite announcement, Trevor, is mm. a new Star Wars game coming oh, out. Oh, dear Lord. Star Wars Battlefront 3 coming from EA Games. So uh, this this looks like uh, the, the old Battlefront Which is Battle logical. I mean, there's another Star Wars movie. It's getting so much hype just and they haven't even... They're only just starting the filming and the hype is amazing. So clearly Absolutely. jump on yeah. the bandwagon, EA. Totally right. Yeah, they've, they've had the other Battlefronts. It's been a few years since the last Battlefront, but the gameplay looks terrific. So it's a, a sort of shooter game set in the in the familiar universe of Star Wars, some of the planets that were seen in the films. So uh, exciting title that I'll definitely be getting my hands on. I can't imagine anything else. Um, <laughs> yeah, uh, it's a lot. There's a lot there. I'm, I'm personally I'm thinking about getting back into the Rainbow Six. I mean, uh, it, it's one of my favourite uh, you know franchises, if you like, but it doesn't have the um, the esteem of even Halo or uh, or Call of Duty, but it's just something realistic about a Rainbow Six. That's what I've always liked about yep. it. It's not well, um, it's not far fetched. It's actually just you know a, a warfare game in that sense. Uh, absolutely, but. You're also a driving fan, mm. and uh, Xbox has, Xbox One have also got Her, uh, Forza Horizon 2. Yep. So it's a new sort of open-world racing game that uh, right up your alley, if, pardon the pun. <laughs> well, look, if you're into gaming and you've got yourself a PS4 or an Xbox One or uh, any gaming console and you want to know what's going on, I think Stephen has uh, set a new world record for the number of YouTube clips embedded in the story. <laughs> I have um, done more, actually. I have done that. Isn't a record. I've done yeah, more. Yeah, okay, that. fair enough. But but, but <laughs> let, let me just say this, and I, this is going to digress heavily, but to your credit, it's a great way of um, presenting the story because you could have written an article about each one of those bloody YouTube videos and made people click and go and move and go through the site, which gives you hits and clicks and all these kind of crap. But this is the way people want to enjoy content. They just want to watch a video, then scroll to the next one, then scroll to the network, next one. So a lot of the way you've done that, mate. It's, um, it's, it's a credit Thank to you. And people, if they want to check out all the news from E3, jump over to techguide.com.au. Now, I um, when when we travel a lot, we, we actually do end up in English speaking countries. You know, America is probably the most common destination, um, and, and it's quite interesting to me to to be in Sweden, where fortunately 
for uh, for an annoying Aussie like me who doesn't bother to learn even how to say hello, um, the, the the grasp and the usage of English here is fantastic. Um, but what's interesting to me, and I was sitting on the train today. I caught a train from uh, from near Husqvarna uh, up here to Stockholm, and it was a three hour train ride. And I just I don't know why I just started playing around with my phone. I'm, I'm still using the Moto X, and um, and the, the Google Translate app was there, and I'd forgotten about. I'm pretty sure they called it Google Vision back when it was launched, but it's now just a part of the Google Translate. You can take a photo. Now, mate, 100% credit to Google here because this is underutilized or under under promoted as well. The Google Translate app. You can take a photo. I sat in a restaurant tonight having a, having a steak, and I just quickly took a photo of of the dessert menu, uh, just one part of it, and it translates. You take a photo, and then it scans and actually puts like a blue line you know, scanning the photo, looking for words, and then it shows you all the words that it's found, and you put, you rub your finger over the words that, that you want to read, and then it translates those words oh, wow. on the screen for you. So if you're walking along the street, you could take a photo of a street sign, uh, and you could pick what language it's in, or, or, or automatically it'll detect it, and then you choose what word you want to read, and it will tell you what's on the sign. I mean, we, we've got to remember that that is far-fetched kind of stuff, you know, certainly 20 years ago. Um, even even five years ago, the idea of having a picture being translated, you know, the idea of typing a word in and getting it translated, that's been pretty cool. But That's awesome. Well, can you imagine, though, that this has been a useful, and I know you're a big fan of Google Glass. Mm-hmm. I'm, sure you, I'm sure you'd be seen wearing that, but that's a feature of Google Glass where you, you're literally wearing this technology. You look up at a sign and it, it'll do the translation in real time. So there, Only that if you look, look up at the sign and say, Okay, Google, translate. Um, so if you want to look like a complete dickhead, then that's fine. I'd prefer to take a photo of it with my phone. Um, but you're right. And that's the, uh, and I do bad Google Glass, but that's why the concept of Google Glass is overwhelming because of the things that it could theoretically do. Absolutely. And uh, I just wanted to make that point because it's, it's something I haven't used for a very long time. And being in a non-English speaking country now, uh, it is amazing what Google is able to do, and I yeah. used it. I tried it on different fonts. You know, people's, you know, not just straight old, you know, sans serif style fonts. You know, used yeah. it on a whole different range of fonts, and it was it successfully did the translation. Uh, I just think it's a fantastic technology. If you're travelling overseas, one hundred percent jump into it and, uh, and make sure you've got the Google should, Translate should, app on your phone. We should remember though, like Google have so many products that people a lot of people aren't aware of. If, yeah. they, if you ever go to the Google site, sort of click on click on the arrow down and see yeah. all the other stuff that's available. Um, and, and some some of this technology. And yeah, you know, we've seen Android, of course, and, and all these other features. We're seeing this now appearing. Like I, I think a lot of people have commented to you and to me mm. that a lot of the features in iOS eight, for example, are already available in Android. Yeah. So Google, Google are innovators in, in this space, and uh, so many products of theirs, like Translate, like other other online, like Google Docs, is you know I cloud similar to iCloud docs now so uh, google you know good on them they're always on the front foot trying to innovate in this space and the translate is just a perfect example that a lot of people probably weren't aware of i'll uh, i'll take some time to uh, take a few photos and put some screenshots up at eftm.com.au but if you're heading overseas make sure you've got google translate available on your phone two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick now, you do recall, Trev, a couple of weeks ago, we discussed the iPhone and iPad hijackings oh, that took place stuff. in Australia. Australian customers seem to be, and some New Zealand customers, seem to be the targets for these cyber criminals. Well, 
lo and behold, the uh, the people responsible for that have been apprehended in Russia. Got him. Uh, yeah. So hey. the Russian Interior Ministry has arrested the two alleged hijackers. They were just 17 and 23 years of age. Uh, they were caught after being seen on CCTV uh, pulling out money, believed to be sort of the ransom money that they got from uh, for, uh, the, from receiving mm. from users to have their devices unlocked again. And, uh, yeah, so th- this is a, a bit of a breakthrough. It's not often that you hear cyber criminals that are actually caught. Uh, and in this case, uh, the Russian Ministry of Internal Affairs uh, really did a great job here. And they, they found that the, the, the young guy, the, the 17-year-old was sort of more an accomplice, the 23-year-old named Ivan, funny enough, that's not a very common Russian name, uh, was uh, apparently a real, real computer genius and a hacker, I think was known to authorities. So I think the, where these blokes went wrong, is when you're dealing with getting money directly from people, whether it's via some dodgy-ass PayPal account or whatever, it yeah. becomes a whole stack easier to track. You know, If you're just trying to secure the odd credit card number or whatever, um, or even identity fraud, it's a little bit harder to track. But these guys were trying to get cash and withdraw cash and use the cash. So, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's, it's the best example of cooperation and speedy cooperation. Um, between uh, governments uh, in a very long time, and hopefully this is a sign of, you know, things to come in terms of cybercrime because it's it's long been discussed as as an area of concern uh, in the technology world that governments not not for any bad reason, not that they don't care, but they're just behind the eight ball. Absolutely, yeah, and and the world's a big place too. You know, the, the internet if they can, people can reach you across the internet from the other side of the world. So, so trying to, to sort of put these people, bring them to justice. I think the uh, the Russian Interior Ministry there have done a terrific job, and I think, but it does highlight, and we did mention this uh, at the time. It does highlight the fact the importance of having different passwords for yeah. different accounts. These guys obviously obtained a whole bunch of names and passwords, and just took a punt that people would be lazy and use the same password across and several accounts <laughs> and they did it so yeah so great example there for the, the best reason to change your passwords for each account yep and a great result from the authorities hopefully there's no uh, copycat uh, criminals coming on uh, you are listening to two blokes talking tech Yeah, you've got a, you've got a yarn on uh, Tech Guy before we move into your minute reviews. Uh, with Choice once again pushing the government to, uh, you know, crack down on the on the Australia taxes. It uh, often gets described with uh, pricing on, you know, digital downloads. Certainly, things like PS4 and uh, iTunes being uh, a little bit out of the ordinary. Um, it's I guess is this this is really just part of a PR campaign. This is just part of the lobbying from Choice to represent yeah. consumers and talk to the government about the fact that they need to keep talking about this problem. Absolutely right. Yeah, I think that there, there, is, there, is, there is an issue here uh, that people, I think, are sick of, of having to pay more money for an identical product. You know, it's a digital product. It's a download. It's a file that we seem to be paying more. In, in some cases, I've listed some examples, like we pay 54% more than the U.S., for the top 10 new release movies in, in mm. Apple's, uh, in the iTunes store, even more for games, uh, subscriptions to pay TV. Uh, there's a whole list too of uh, the comparisons between Australia, the US and the difference. Uh, and the difference is huge. And when you think about it, it is the same file that we're downloading. It's not like it has to be packaged and shipped and, and other things like that. It's a download. So yeah, I look, I, we've had this debate many times and, and I, I certainly want transparency around it, but I think we as a nation need to understand that we structure differently. We have 
um, you know, there is a separate marketing cost. So, you know, I think the companies unfortunately need to find a way. And the, the biggest, I remember us having a good, healthy conversation about this once before, talking about the fact that the, the problem is distribution is global and corporations aren't. So the big motion picture companies have have arms in, in, in rights-holding areas which, you know, need to be profitable, need to make money. Uh, and so there's basically, uh, you know, the same company is trying to make its own money in multiple areas when really if they were just global companies, we probably wouldn't have this problem. Because it, and, and, and crucially for me, I think, not, not, that I'm, not because I'm sucking up, but both PlayStation and iTunes, it's, I think it's probably the same. They don't set the price, Yeah. The distributor does. The person who has the right to list the title in iTunes sets mm-hmm. the price. So when no, that's the, the yeah, picture company lists, uh, you know, Frozen, for example, a great example on your website, um, $24.99 in Australia, $19.99 in the US. Well, whoever the movie company is, they're the ones that choose $29.99 as the tier that Australians will pay. They could choose to pay, charge less. They don't. It's not Apple setting that price. But, but I think that cho- choice is sort of the one who's sort of lobbying the government here. The Federal Government Competition Policy Review is the department there. And they're the ones that the, the, it's up to them now to reach out to these people and say, right, you know, Australians deserve a fair go. Well, it's 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 not it's not a matter of oh, there's less people in Australia, therefore we've got to put the price up. That I think is is the old way of thinking. We, we mm. live in a digital marketplace now, where there are no borders. You could say it's a digital marketplace that's everyone around the world can be reached in the same length of time. Uh, but what Choice have done is they've made twenty six recommendations for their for the policy review to have a look at. And and one thing they did mention though is that in the past. Sort of the, the the they were more the government was more concerned about businesses being competitive mm. and and big and small businesses rather than thinking about the effect on the customer. So they're saying, well, look, the customer should be considered first and the businesses second because without a customer, there's no business. There will be no business. So, so I think it's important that the customers looked after and then the the business will then follow on. So a good on choice for for making this submission. There's a lot of that's been a very popular story on my site. A lot a lot of people obviously feel the same way. So uh, let's hope that we get the desired result yep and uh, you can have a look at those pricing tables stephen's got at techguide.com.au two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick well it's that time of the day and we can do this globally we can do this in any time zone stephen fennick's uh, minute reviews mate you're going to kick it off with um, a very very nice device the xperia z2 yeah the xperia z2 uh the po- follow-up to the very popular xperia z smartphone uh this is look i'm gonna i'm gonna focus on the the two main features here uh is the camera and the fact that it's waterproof the camera mm. if you if you're in the market i think that the main attraction to this device you know it's a well-designed product running android you know nice to hold very very solidly built so really nice quality uh but it is the camera that is the star of the show not mm. only is it takes terrific photographs 20.7 megapixel it's got sensors it's got takes photos better than a compact digital camera uh it, it is it is really incredible the the kind of photos you could produce but on the video side as well, it can also shoot 4K. Mm. So if you own a 4K TV, an ultra-high definition TV, and complaining, well, there's not much content around there, well, guess make what? Your you own. can make your own. That's it. <laughs> so uh, that, that's, that's a really uh, another tick in the box for this device. Plenty of different camera modes as well. I've taken some shots and put them in my review of just to illustrate the quality of the camera, and they are, they are terrific. And, of course, waterproof once again. This is fully waterproof. 
waterproof, so you can have a shower with this ca- with this smartphone or a bath. Uh, it only you shouldn't you shouldn't take it into salt water though. You can submerge oh. it for up to thirty minutes in fresh water. It can go to a depth of about one point five meters. So don't think you can head it take it down to the beach. The salt will corrode uh, the seals. So don't be go- don't be doing that. It's obviously the seals designed on the beach or the seals on the phone. The seals on the phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, the uh, but yeah, I'll put a picture of there. Someone spilling a drink on it. You know, they're, they're the sort of accidents it's supposed to prevent. You know, I don't know whether you've ever dropped it your phone into a toilet, mate, but there are a surprising number of people who have. So the Sony Xperia Z2 smartphone uh, is the device for them. But as I said, the camera is the key to product of the device. And it's available now. It's priced at $759. Check it out at techguide.com.au. Now, the final device, uh, and I, I don't mind this one, uh, given the, uh, the influx of selfie photos, Canon's got a solution. Absolutely right. The Selfie CP910, and it's called the Selfie. You don't have to print out all your selfies, but it's designed to make it easier to print from a smartphone or tablet. How many times have you been asked on the radio and myself, how how do I print my photos off my smartphone? That's the camera of choice nowadays, your smartphone or your tablet. Uh, And now with the Selfie CP910, it costs about $115. You can now easily connect wirelessly. So it's got its own little wireless hotspot, connect wirelessly, print out your photos. Because let's face it in the past we've taken all these photos and they've either sat on the device or we might have shared a couple on on instagram or on facebook i I loved your chainsaw photos by the way on instagram trev but if you had the canon selfie cp910 you'd be able to print those out pop them in the frame create a collage it's up to you what you can do with it there is even a function where you can create square stickers so perfect for for printing out your instagram photos and uh, and and putting them around the place but uh, a, a great way to get your photos off your device and into your hands the canon selfie cp910 and uh, available now priced around 115 dollars i'm gonna go get myself one and print out one of my uh, chainsaw photos straight away <laughs> you can check it out at techguide.com.au two blokes talking tech you're listening to two blokes talking tech with trevor long and stephen fennick all right that's a wrap for this international edition 163 of two blokes talking tech I think we're back on deck next week together, so um, we'll, we'll be... Well, it's actually uh, uh, Origin Night next week, is. mate, so oh. we might have to do it on the Thursday next yeah. week, because <laughs> I'll well, be out at Origin 2, baby, at yeah. ANZ Stadium. Oh, well, it's a three-game series, just remember that, mate. Yeah. Um, <laughs> we'll talk to you next week for episode 164. Uh, you can read about nearly every single one of those things we've discussed at techguide.com.au. You can follow Stephen at Stephen Fennick with a PH on Twitter, and I'm Trevor Long at Trevor Long. Thanks for joining us, mate. We'll be back again next week. See you, buddy. Yeah, worries. Safe travels home, mate. Same to you.